is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Yeah, roll along with Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710SeattleSports.com. Baseball's dumb. Hard. It is the best sport. It's my favorite sport, but God, is it dumb. Cruel. Last night was dumb. It's a a dumb game. I even went on a very long blackjack analogy, Brock, earlier that I will spare you from hearing a second time. But it just it it was one of those nights where they didn't do everything right. I mean, like they they walked too many guys and the other team made some plays. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, the Mariners were perfect and the world was stolen from them. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. But unlike a few weeks ago when they were playing badly and doing the wrong things and it wasn't working. They did, for the most part, the right stuff last night. They hit the ball well. They had a good approach. They hit it hard, and they got screwed. Mm-hmm. The umpire was terrible. The balls that they hit got caught in the marine layer. The other side had a bunch of 70-mile-an-hour dinky little nothing hits and a Baltimore chop that bounced 500 feet in the air. Like, it's just one of those nights where you're like, God, this game is dumb. They they did, for the most part, they did stuff right. They should have won mm-hmm. the game. They could have won that game 7-2 to last night. And instead... They lose four to one, it's and hard. baseball's dumb. Hey Brock, fam- how's, Brock, yeah. how's your day? Your family was gone last <laughs> night, weren't they? They so, were. <laughs> yes, we could tell. <laughs> that was a that was a fired up text toy last night. I think you said bull crap like three times, which you know for you is pretty pretty <laughs> bull remarkable. Bull crap. <laughs> I think yeah. I, think I gotta say, in those moments when 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 the world <laughs> feels too frustrating, right, and you feel the need to start. You know, yes. to, to, to let it out. To emote. To emote. And I don't mind emoting now no, and again. No, you don't. No, no, I don't you mind don't. the uh-uh. occasional emote. Uh-huh. He just broke his mic. He just pulled yep. the microphone yep, off. He did. Head. Yep. Like Tom Wassel on the second hole at Suncadia. So the first time you, the first time we ever took you golfing. And I'm sorry, Heather. And, and Well, I'm not because now Avery's golfing. It's been a great family, family move. But took you up to San Katie, and do you remember what happened on the second hole? Do you remember? I think Wassel. I do, old man, I do remember old, some old, old man Wassel had a yeah. great first hole. He showed off his high school golf swing, and I think we were all amazed by it. And then the second hole, he just sliced a couple. And it, it in the barrage, <laughs> the barrage of a northeasterner's mouth just started to pepper yeah. the fairway. Well, I yeah. just don't understand why the iPhone has to correct these words. They're fixing that. Are they? Yeah, the, legitimately. It is It is uh-huh. unfathomably <laughs> aggravating. Like, there is one word that I want to use in this moment, and obviously I'm not going to use it here on this show but on this air. that word doesn't fly or sit in ponds. No. That word <laughs> does not have little web feet swimming around Green Lake. You're hey, so Apple. Number one link. My God, man. <laughs> Apple, figure this the heck out. You had to remove your mic from the mic stand and hold it in your Correct. hand. You're so fired up. Yes, that's great. Karaoke host. Solari had a bomb, though. I mean, right Solari at least you know, was able to puncture the marine layer and not I many other bombs. Him. I mean, he yep. hit it hard. Did you think that was out? Did you think? Did you think uh, of all of the annoyances, of all of the frustration, of all? You of know it. what it reminded me of. I'll answer your question by saying this. You know what it reminded me of last night, honestly, and and maybe this is a good thing because uh, it it didn't affect them long term. But you remember the game that the four of us went to in September last year? 
Yes. Right after when we were in now, maybe it was August, but when we announced the, yeah, the return of the Brock and Salk show and yep. the four of us went to that game, right? Do you remember how that game ended? Do you remember Ooh, yes. Cal Raleigh yes. hitting what appeared to be a yep. go-ahead or tying home run? I don't even yep. remember who they were playing, to be honest with you. But we all got up. It was gone. I mean, it was 100% gone off the bat. We were excited. Kirby, I think, pitched that day. He was good, not great. Didn't quite have his best stuff. Not unlike uh, unlike Castillo yesterday, mm-hmm. who had really good stuff, but absolutely no command of it. And they end up walking yep. eight guys, et cetera, right? No, that's exactly what it was. It was right? a ninth inning. Everybody stood on their feet because Everybody thought it, it was gone. gone. Yes. It was gone off the bat. To the same thing, to right field at, safe, at uh, T-Mobile. Yep. And it wasn't gone because it got caught at the warning track. And last yep. night was closer to being gone, right? I mean, it did make it above Let the me... wall. And if the guy's not there, it would have been a home run. Yep. But instead, not so and much. The 2 1 to Suarez. Swing and a fly ball. Deep to right field. Sanchez going back to the wall. Leaps up and he makes the catch. Holy smokes, two outs in the inning, tagging and scoring is Ty France. Over to third goes Hernandez. Hey, Eugenio with a sacrifice fly to right field and a run batted in. Mariners are on the board. It's 4-1 Marlins. I mean, yeah, it's a sack fly, but I mean, it was like the fourth ball that night that looked like it was gone off the bat and or at the very least deep into the gap and instead just hung up in the marine layer. Yeah, three balls he hit, 374-plus feet. He joined Dylan Moore, who did that last year against Arizona. I don't remember that game. It's like two of the only nine guys in the stat cast era. Uh, according to to Divish, to have done that. Three balls over 374 feet and Mm -hmm. nothing, absolutely nothing to show for. Let me take you to my bedroom to make you feel better. Okay, because when that game got... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, there you go. That's not a phrase we need to use anymore. (laughs) That's exactly the look I wanted to see on Salk's face as he nearly dropped the mic. (laughs) So that game gets to 4-0, and I mosey up from the family room up to the bedroom. Like, okay, you know, they get a little bloop double. Gosh, are you serious? For nothing, but I'm not done. I'm not quitting. I'm yeah. not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I just, you know, got into bed and and then started to go through some of our show notes and emails and everything else and just, you know, and then put put it on my app. And 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 when that ball was hit, I sat straight up out of bed. I just had the smile on my face, like, oh, here we go. This is the cruelty of baseball. This is how it works. And you got to just hang on. Yep. And you got to hang on. Yep. And you got to endure. Had a great talk yesterday with a youth baseball coach for like an hour, and he was talking about how still at fifty years old, this game teaches him life more than anything else because it's so humbling. And literally, I, I sat up in my bed like that. It's big smile. You know my goofy smile, my schmaltzy smile. I'm like, this is great. This is gonna go to extras. They're gonna find a way to win. And this is just just baseball. Oh, ah. And then I didn't get the the duck emojis. I, I didn't start, you know, feeling that. I honestly thought, what an unbelievable catch by that dude. I don't know why. I don't normally go that it way. It was a good catch. It wasn't yeah, it's, an unbelievable catch. It was a good yeah, catch. It's, it's a pretty good catch. It's a good catch. Perfect timing. He had good timing. He got up high. Like, it was a good catch. Unbelievable! I mean, it like, was a great catch. Okay, it's not unbelievable. It was a great. It's a Sports catch. Center top ten catch. It was a great catch. <laughs> the only reason that I would argue against that, it was a very good catch. There's no doubt about. It. I'm not trying to take it away from the guy, but he went straight up. He had he to have, have enough to go speed back. and athleticism to go back to the wall to get to that point. So, catch. yeah, you eliminate a bunch of right fielders that couldn't do it. I don't know if I don't know if Teo makes that catch or not. I don't know. I'm not going to diminish him. 
but you first of all got to have enough speed to, to get back there. To be a great catch, you have to be on the diagonal in some way. He went straight up. <laughs> okay. Seriously, right. like to be a great catch, you have to still be running. Okay. You got like right. it was a really good catch. Hey, you're the rush, you're the French judge. I get it. Whatever. It, I, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I understand. It's yes. a good catch. He gets credit. <laughs> But it's just one of those nights, man, yeah. where where you just uh, unfortunately they've they've had so many nights that were indefensible that they gave away. They had so many nights they right. gave away. Well, and, the, and last the night they didn't were, give the game away. They the didn't Marlins give it away. Tr- the Marlins were trying to give it away. They kicked the ball in the, the ninth yep. there. And 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 maybe maybe you know there is a positive here, which is they are starting to move in the right direction. They do have a good you know process once again. And if you keep that up, it should lead to a lot better results over time. But, man, it sure felt like they had the opportunity in front of them to have that signature comeback, et cetera, in a game that, quite frankly, they could have already been up by a few runs had things gone just a little bit differently. And that's before you even mention the umpire who was, yeah. I, I mean, beyond Yeah, we're not going to get to that or night. you're going to rip the cord off of yeah. that whole stand. So I let's, mean, like, you know, what are we doing? Yeah, let's just put that mic back in. Let's call engineering. Let's get to need to know. Let's work through this day together. It's the Brock and Salk Show. Need to know next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. I don't want to do need to know. Honestly, like, I don't want to do anything today. I am so aggravated about last night's game. We work through these things together. It's the four of us. Yes. It's the four of us. I'm sorry, I don't really know. (laughs) I thought maybe if you, if if you, if Sadness. Yeah, I guess, man. There are losses where you get outplayed and losses where you oh, get. Oh, that's right. This is uh, this is where he is on that spectrum, right? He doesn't have sad. I know. So yep. it goes 100 to anger. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how to be sad about last night. Instead, I'm just Can we super bring a psychologist mad about it. on. You guys know a good psychologist. Psychologist. We were, like, kind of trying to work through it at the end of uh, the last hour. Someone suggested a psychodynamic review of his childhood. With my wife, though, which yeah. I definitely am not going to do. <laughs> good idea to unpack. Uh, I wasn't the only one who thought that was gone. Neither were you, Brock. Oh, yeah. I thought it was gone. You know, it was just, uh, you know, he's got a knack for doing that late in games, barreling balls up. He can certainly get the ball in the air. Um, I thought it was gone. You know, and again, fantastic play um, by Sanchez. Just not quite enough. Needed about another foot. Fantastic. Not outstanding because he didn't take a diagonal approach to it. It's a good play. Do you know that the manager of those Marlins played with Suarez? Skip Schumacher? Yeah, Yeah. I didn't realize that. He talked about that after the game and thought for sure that that ball was out like the most, the 20,000 in the building. And honestly, it would have... For the way that game was going, right? Just kind of the wackiness, the up and down. They would have won that game. That ball goes out, they win that game. Yes. I I think momentum-wise and everything else, bullpen-wise, all of it, I think you were set up to win. And honestly, it was one of those that you were like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. This is baseball. This is the way it goes. You hit some other balls hard. They just stick up in the air. I I have thought about your line drive comment more than a dozen times this year, you know, that you had heard from a former big leaguer that it's not even those home runs. It's those line drives to the gap that on a night like last night where it was cooler, Mm -hmm. right, where it was 61 degrees at first pitch and it was cooler, that those line drives just hang up in the air a little bit in an athletic outfield like the Marlins. Give them some credit, man. They chased all They were of them very down. athletic. They absolutely chased down some of those balls. But, man, what a frustrating, aggravating evening. Thankfully, it came with a much better approach. And as Scott said, it actually was a pretty good series overall. Good series for us. It really was. I'm disappointed we lost tonight, no question. The guys are a little frustrated. Uh, but, you know, our fight at the end of the game, um, you know, it was there. 
you know, your, your little breakaway. The guy made an unbelievable catch going over the wall, and he ties the game. And you can't take anything away from the play, and, and nor Geno's uh, at bat there. So, again, good series. You won the series. You're disappointed you don't sweep. Um, it's tough to sweep. You need a few things to go your way. Just didn't quite have enough tonight. How about unbelievable? I mean, he jumped straight up in the air. He caught the ball. <laughs> I honestly don't think that was that hard to play. He's the manager of a major league <laughs> baseball team. Believe him. It's a good play. <laughs> Not a great play. It's a good play. Day off today. White Sox will be in town for the weekend. Here's the second thing you need to know. Seahawks officially done now, Brock, with their off-season program. We won't see them again until July, end of July, really, when they'll be all systems go for training camp. It was good, though, seeing the vets stick around. The two quarterbacks were there for a little passing camp with the rookies, and uh, we even saw Ken Walker stick around. You may remember DK Metcalf said, well, this was back in January, that, you know, those moments are important. I think we missed out during training camp on a lot of team bonding and um, you know, bonding as a whole, whether that be position groups um, or, like I said, just a team in general. So um, I think next offseason and next season going into it, uh, just being ready to, you know, bond with the team and just know who we are at a core and not just, uh, you know, jersey numbers or, or just teammates. Um, it has to be a real brotherhood uh, when you go out there for games like this. It seems like they uh, see some value in uh, showing up. Yeah, and, and those guys sticking around another week, some mandatory minicamp. And in most of the mandatory minicamps, by the way, this week in the NFL, today the final day before most of the league then really packs their bags and, and the executives and everybody. There's not much business done as they take you know their kind of couple-week hiatus about their only true legitimate break they get in the calendar. But great to see. Did you see the catch, by the way, that Ken Walker made that the Seahawks tweeted out? Yeah. I mean, that just that was, that was something. And to DK's comments there, some of that was – so much turnover last year so much right there goes russ there goes bobby there goes so much like and here comes such an influx of youth in a rookie class mm-hmm. and yeah i think that they have made enormous strides in knowing who they are who their young core is and certainly put the work in this offseason here's the third thing you need to know well, the Stanley Cup has now been awarded. The NHL offseason basically gets underway. A little period with arbitration and buyouts and some stuff like that. But we're about two weeks away from the two big dates. The draft starts June 28th. It's a two-day event. And then free agency almost directly after that on July 1st. So it's like bang, bang, bang. You get the draft and then right into free agency. And the Kraken will have some decisions to make. They got three restricted free agents, Vince Dunn, Morgan Geeky, and Will Borgen. And then a couple unrestricted guys like Donato and I think Susie's an unrestricted free agent. You know, you got decisions, Brock. How hard do you want to go after a star scorer to try to help on the power play? Remember, we talked to Ron Francis about it recently, and he does have some interest. Yeah, I mean, you, you always like to have those guys if you can. They're not always readily available. You go back to the expansion. You know, teams get to protect their best seven forwards and their best three defensemen. So usually those superstars are in that group that they're protecting. And the only way to really get those guys is is to, you know, draft and develop. And, you know, that's what we've tried to do on the amateur side in our drafts. It takes a little while for these kids to sort of mature and get to the point where they can step into the NHL and play. Uh, not everybody's a Matty Beneers that can, you know, can kind of do that uh, early, but um, we think we've got some good pieces coming in that regard. And But if there are moves that are out there that we feel make us better, we're certainly not going to hesitate to do that, whether that's trades or, or free agency or what have you here over the course of the summer. Will it be enough to get Burakovsky back? Will it be enough to go with some of these young guys, Ty Cartier and Shane Wright and Riker Evans and some of the folks we've heard about? It's be a pretty interesting offseason for these Kraken. It will, and I think very different from last year where you're just trying to dig out of being terrible. 
So the thought of, of somebody coming to Seattle and trading, now they made savvy moves since they made even some savvy moves early in the season last year, picking up some veteran guys that really added to this mix. But you've got some cash. You've got draft capital. You're coming off of a, of a great season and an environment that showed that, yeah, this can be a, a significant hockey town that loves their Kraken and follows them. So I, I think a, a few more bullets to fire in this offseason, as you said, that begins here in a hurry. U.S. Open underway, Brock. Uh, not a lot of uh, results to give you yet. You got a couple of guys who are one under, but you've not heard of any of them. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, they are underway and uh, should be an interesting tournament this weekend. That is everything you need to know. Have you seen anything from L.A. Country Club? It looks crazy. I mean, I have driven on that road. Like, I, I've, I've, you know, you have. Yeah. You, you live down there. Like, how if a few of those courses, I was looking, where is Riviera? Where is this L.A. Country mm-hmm. Club? Where are these things situated in that very dense, highly populated? And if you look at the Google Maps of it, you're like, hold on a second. That's Beverly Hills. Right. I, I, I've driven down Santa Monica Boulevard. Like, how is that there? And now they're playing the U.S. Open there. And did you see the video of them building a like a walking bridge over the <laughs> over the boulevard, like in one night? Amazing. Yeah. So they yeah, it's pretty pretty remarkable yeah. scene inside. It should sure. be uh, should be pretty interesting tournament. Uh, they get underway. And you know what you get now, Brock this is one of my favorite one of my favorite little things that just drive. You want to talk about something that drives me crazy? Oh boy, here we go. Tournaments yeah. being held where? In, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Uh-huh. Los Angeles is in what time zone? Yeah, it's, it's, it's ours. The, the, the Pacific time Pacific zone. Pacific time zone. Uh-huh. And yet everywhere you look online or on television, when they say all the tea times, they're all given in East Coast time. I just don't understand. I get it when the game's being played in Florida or Philadelphia or whatever. Right. All of these things are happening in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Why would you say, oh, so-and-so yeah, tees off at 940? No, they tee off at six four. Like, what? What are you talking about? I just don't get it. You're just on one this morning. I am. It's one of those little life, things. Life is <laughs> hard today. Good. Life Good. is hard today. Thank you, Justin. Thank you for understanding. I knew somebody out there would get me. I get you. Uh, we don't have any real good reason for having DMAC on, but we're going to mm-hmm. do it anyway. We got to hear about the Nuggets winning the NBA or whatever oh, they Russ. did. Russ is cooking. Russ is cooking, what all that looks like. I don't really have a good reason other than I thought maybe it would be funny to hear from DMAC. So we'll talk to him next. Brock and Salk, CL Sports on 710 clsports.com. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Sports it's a top five mountain right there. Mountains ranked. Kind of a lot of controversy earlier this week, but uh, yeah, there's uh, the great Leslie West and Mountain. It's a Brock and Salk show. Seattle Sports on seven ten. SeattleSports.com. Hey, by the way, what before DMAC jumps in? Yeah, I think the Navy SEALs are now listening to me. Uh-huh. I, I don't know, like all of these things that just pop up on my phone now. They're like listening to our conversation Jeez. because they said you may find it helpful. The Navy SEALs have a saying: when something sucks, they look at each other and say, <laughs> "Full benefit." So you know what we're just going to say the rest of the show when we're talking about that game last night? Full benefit? Full benefit. I don't even know what that means. Umpire blowing calls? Full benefit. (laughs) Guy jumps over the wall to make a game-saving catch? Full benefit. Like, there's going to be full benefit that comes from this suckiness and working through adversity. Sounds good. Kind of like the Denver Nuggets had for a lot of years. Injuries. There's some of their stars injured and lost. People in that town clamoring for the firing. Mike Malone, their head coach, and all the ups and downs. The, the sound that you played of Joker yesterday, full benefit. So I think that's going to be our theme today. Well, full it's a per- be- perfect benefit. way to lead into uh, the great DMAC from our sister station in Denver. DMAC, you guys must be excited. You got a champion, another year, another championship for you guys. 
You know, I, I remember when my wife whispered full benefit into my ears on our wedding night, and I I appreciate it. Um, hey, man, yeah, we're two, we're, we're two for two. Forget about Val Nachushkin and whatever's going on in that hotel up in Seattle. That's in the past. You know, uh, that, hey, by the way, that had an interesting way of resolving itself, didn't it? How That's, did it end uh, up resolving itself? I didn't know that it had resolved. Like, like nothing. It just, like, all of a sudden went away. Nobody knows what happened to her. Where's he's he? Given full clear- he's uh, last time he was spotted in Russia on Instagram of his quote unquote wife. And uh, I think she is his wife. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, but those were the days, weren't they? When we were losing to the Kraken. <laughs> the salad today days. Got a parade. So yeah. you guys have <laughs> a parade today. How, how big a deal are the nuggets? Huge gargantuan, you know, um, bigger than I actually expected to be quite honest with you. So, um, I mean, there were there were over nineteen thousand people in the arena um, to to watch the road games, and that surprised me. They're anticipating. We got kind of weird Seattle dicey sort of weather here today. We've actually been kind of well. Brock would know. We've had it's been kind of like Seattle the entire summer here for for whatever reason. Um, so today is kind of one of those days where there's a lot of clouds and rain. But but um, I would anticipate. A half million or so people, which is for Denver, that's pretty amazing. Has, I mean, has it has yeah. it always been a big fan base, or is this like a new? I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to take shots. I honestly had never thought much about the the Nuggets. Like they're not. They've never been a particularly relevant part of the NBA conversation, and they've been awesome this year and a, a great story and everything that that they've done. But I didn't know whether they were like considered a big part of the Denver you know sports scene. Well, there's there's those that have just, you know, rooted for these guys for a million years, right? Like, and there's that fan base. Um, but then there's also, you know, Denver's a great city. It's one of those cities where a lot of people move to, and they just pick up on whatever's happening. It's so, and, and, and in Denver, that's not a big deal. It's not one of these freaking Rust Belt, you know, horrible East Coast, you know, <laughs> oh, my God, if you're not from Cleveland, you're crap, you know. You know, and I lived in Buffalo for five years, bro. I mean, I know what I'm talking about with that. And it's like, oh, my God, if you, you didn't go to elementary school in Cheektowaga, you can't root for the bill. It's, it's, not, it's not like that here. You know, this is a city of open arms for everything. And so when something cool is going on, the whole community jumps on it. So with a combination of, like, people really seriously have been diehard Nuggets fans for, for a lot of years. I mean, 47 years in the NBA, and it never even made it to the finals. You know, with, with hockey, kind of like Seattle, right? Like, got spoiled pretty quick. I mean, not quite like Seattle because you, you did lose. But, I mean, you know, the, the Avalanche won right away when they got here. So there was no painstaking journey for Avalanche fans. There has been for Nuggets fans and everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of all that. New, newcomers, everybody coming out, new people in, you know. And I don't know, do you know what our TV deal has been here for the past four years? Yeah. Are you guys aware of it? It's so crazy. The games aren't even on, right? Not even on Comcast, which is the main cable provider. So a gargantuan chunk of the uh, fan base, the audience, hasn't even been able to watch the games for four years. Is that crazy? That's really sort of hard to fathom. I mean, it's like, I remember that growing up where you'd be like, hey, is the game on Channel 38 or is it on cable tonight? Or sometimes it wasn't on. I remember moving to L.A. in the the mid-90s and Angels games just often weren't on. But that had mostly gone away in the last twenty twenty five years. The idea that the I had I just found that out during the during the playoffs and was shocked by it. Yeah, and not only that, it's not likely to resolve itself for another two years. How crazy is that? 
uh, because the NBA has a TV, uh, like a gargantuan TV package that's, uh, that's going to reshape everything, but it's going to take two years to do it. So I don't know, man. How it's come you guys never talk about that? We've talked about it incessantly. I mean, we're, and, and, and of course, of course, like one of our sports competitors here in town is owned by Kroenke. They're, they, they own their, they own everything. They own the teams, they own the building, they own another sports talk radio station. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's, been pretty wild man it's been an interesting sort of weird war but nobody cares about that today everybody's on board today there'll be uh, i mean there'll be hundreds of thousands of people down i'm on my bike guys i'm on my bike because uh i've got parade experience yo and you do not want to be driving even public transportation is a little like holy cow so uh i don't know how much championship parade experience you guys have but this is what i come to bear dmac is there anybody like you (laughs) In Denver God, no, or in the world? Not. Again, again, my wife whispered, whispered in my ear, <laughs> I guess I'll settle for this. Or what, else, what do you guys say? Full benefit, Full benefit, right? You do your show 2 to 6. The Nuggets win. You then go into the studio from 2 to 6 in the morning. And then you do all right. your your coffee break stuff. And then you go back on the right. afternoon at 2 to 6. Did you just ultimately finally just crash? The funniest part is my wife went out of town with my son. He's going to play college baseball in st louis and she's out there doing that after all that brock i have to go get the cat that just got fixed and the vet is like telling me this litany of things i gotta put a cone on her head and i gotta give it a pill and i gotta like i I don't know what she said i I brought the cat home i opened the cage and i said good luck and i fell asleep for 14 hours (laughs) there you go good now what is that coffee break is that something you do with your daughter oh my god mike you're uh you're a low-key jerk. Yeah, it doesn't look... Hey, hey, Mike, does it look creepy? Does it look creepy, Mike? I just wasn't sure if it was something... Uh, <laughs> you, her, name, her name is Rachel, and she's awesome. But I'll, I got to give you something. So when they won, and there was confetti all over the court, I said, oh, let's go do this. So I, like, lay down at the free throw line with confetti, and I waved to Rachel, come on, let's, you know, do our, you know, post-game thing. And then I looked at it later, and I was like, that is the creepiest thing I have ever done in my life. I, def- I definitely saw that. Definitely had the exact same reaction. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I would do that. I'm just, I don't know. It's just, well, you're... I, I, I just didn't understand how it was, you know, in my mind it looked cool. Right. And right. Like, I'm such a short, stubby guy. My arms don't really go out far enough. And it, I, I mean, it looks like me and a. Like Russ and Sierra, you know, talking about contracts in Seattle, you know. Yeah, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Speaking of which, can we can we shift yes. gears for a couple minutes? We'll let you get to the parade. I was uh, sure. I was tuning in and listening to the conversation, and there's a new sheriff in town. The amount of oh inform- the amount of information that that is able to be shared by the litany of of talent at your building is a little different because Sean Payton has put the kibosh on just about anything uh, that is going on out there. He's tried to kind of think Stonewall and keep the media far away. What is the word you are hearing on A, I guess, Sean, and then B, a certain QB that I think still has an interest level in this town? Well, I was a little turned off by Sean, first of all, because I was like, oh, my God, really, seriously, who does this guy think he is? And But you know what? I'm growing. I'm really growing to like Sean Payton, and here's the major reason why. The, 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 the Broncos have been rudderless. There has been no significant leader. So if he's going to crack down on a, you know, some rules for the media and make things a little bit you know, stranger or odd, which he has done, I'm okay because the turnaround is somebody's in charge. 
and I cannot tell you what a big difference that is. I mean, it's gargantuan. And it's had an incredible direct impact on Russell. And they're going to run their – guess what we're going to look like? Guess what the Broncos are going to look like this year? Guess what they're going to look like? The Seahawks. The Seahawks. That's what they're going to look like. Really? It's going to be run. I I promise. It's going to be like one look for us. We're going to run the ball. Massive offensive line. Bowles is healthy. McGlinchey is mammoth. And they got Ben Powers, who's huge from the Ravens, to go with uh, Quinn Miners and um, Cushenberry. The line is gargantuan. We picked up this tight end, Chris Manhurst. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he is one of the most the biggest physical tight ends. He really is like a sixth offensive lineman. And watching things out here for um, uh, mini camp and the OTAs, it's like, oh, okay. I, I that's uh, you know, that yep. would be Seattle right yep. there. They're there it is. Pound the football and, and play to his strengths. I, I did find it interesting yep. listening to uh, Vance Johnson's quote after practice yesterday. The D coordinator there that does and is a name familiar here in the Seattle market because he was a D coordinator for all those years in Arizona and, and frankly gave Russell Fitz a lot of times with all of his blitz and everything he did. And, and he was asked about Russell and whether Russell's yeah. got it and whether Russell, I, I'm paraphrasing, you talked it through it and read through it. What was your takeaway on his, his quote of where Russell is at this current stage? My, my reading between the lines was he ain't what he used to be, but, but we're going to, we're going to be okay. It's like that. And, yeah. and it's weird because like, you don't have to be paid $50 million to do what he's being asked to do. You just don't. And there's three other quarterbacks that the Broncos have during these camps. And you know what? They look pretty good running this offense, too. I mean, Salt might look okay if he just has to hand the ball off. And I don't know. Six yards to a running back. I mean, it might be all right. Yeah. Nah. No. He's got, he's got no. short arms, too. Yeah, D-Mac. short, he's stubby short arms, arms man. <laughs> so I've got to be careful when I lay down in confetti. But, hey. I, I gotta be. I gotta keep it real with Russ. The dude got himself back in shape. Yep. He really did. Seriously, honest to God, he looks way better. I mean, way so, better. We'll, we'll see how it trans. So I was. I was asked by somebody the other day. Now this is a person who doesn't necessarily. This is a Russ hater. So I want to kind of say. I want to at least show the bias of who asked me this question. But they said, "Hey, what is the over under for Russ this year? Five and a half." They said, and I said, on wins, oh. I don't know. And he said, no, on games started. Oh, oh, that's foolish. Uh, way over five and a half. Way over five. Do and you? A half. So you uh, don't? Guys, you don't think he gets benched or anything like that? I, I mean, listen, I think they want to win more than please Russ, and they've got a gargantuan decision at the end of the year because they do have a little bit of an out in his contract. It still would cost them a little bit. But if they if they commit to Russ after this year, they're locked into Russ for three more years, no doubt about it, no way out of it. So it's a gargantuan decision they have to make. I think nobody's expecting the Broncos, nor should they, to win the Super Bowl. The question is, can you compete in this division filled with you know superstars and Patrick Mahomes and all that nightmare stuff? And so it's going to be a big decision. But I'm telling you, the way the offense is designed, I don't think he's going to get hurt. I don't think he's going. I mean, unless he does something stupid. And I think it's so conservative and so simple that um, that I think he's bound to have some success. Hmm. So I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. Uh, all right, to be fair, if he does play poorly in this system, guys, if it's more interceptions than touchdowns, if it's not working, okay, I, I actually could see it. That's when they'll be like, he's got a torn or a ripped or a blah, 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 blah. Like he would never be benched, but it would be like he's hurt and he's got a, you know – 
I don't know, see Dr. Anderson in North Carolina about a thingamajiggy. He would never you go know, to Dr. Something. Anderson. He's got his guy down in, uh, what's the guy's name, Justin? Dr. Uh, Shin. Shin yeah. He's already got Dr. Shin. He'll, he'll, he's already referred to Russell as a super, a uh, superhero, basically. He heals at a rate faster than everyone else in the whole world. Hey, have you talked to your boy lately, by the way? Is Wolf? he doing okay? Which guy? No, no, no. no. Come on, your talk show host, buddy. The guy, your guy, quarterback whisperer. The, the oh, Jake! To the stars. Yeah. Poor Jake. <laughs> I know. I back. Enjoy the parade. Dude, have poor, a great poor parade. Jake. We're not going to talk about Jake. Hey, say hi to Wolf for me. I haven't talked to him since he, you know, told me that the Abs were going to win in five, and was talking a whole lot of noise. I never heard from him after that. So just say hi to Wolf. Hope you guys have a good time, and uh, and your daughter Rachel as well. We'll talk soon. <laughs> See you, Dmac. Hey. Go, Kraken. Go, Kraken. <laughs> there goes d from our sister station in Denver, 104.3 The Fan. He is absolutely worth a follow on Twitter. Seriously, d a riot. You know, this is one of those relationships. Uh, Bob has his buddy, right, El Diablo? Yes. He, yeah. He just where you, you're like, huh? But there's just such a connection. There's like, no real reason to have him on other than that it makes me laugh El, every El, time. El Hombre just brings Bob joy. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of... Do you feel better now? A little D- bit, yeah, actually, D- I do. brings you a lot of joy. T-Mac does bring me joy. Uh, some of the texts are great. I'll never, I've will never, i never heard the word gargantuan so many times. I've got a word count for gargantuan. He's now with seven times. These are all different people, too. Uh-huh. Uh, new drinking game. Take a shot every time he says gargantuan. Hey, D-Mac, Get this guy a thesaurus. I've got six gargantuan. Gargantuans. Uh, I'm so happy I don't have to listen to this guy every day. I'm, oh my god! Oh my god! He sounds like Steve Ballmer. But 206, I'm with you. This DMAC dude is endearing. Good people. That's right. It's time for Blue 88. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88. We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now, here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. All right, Brock, we spoke to uh, your guy, Bruce Feldman, yesterday. Bruce is a really nice guy. I did a, uh, what did I do with him? Like a panel discussion that I was leading, and he was in it, and he was just phenomenal in it. Yep. What? Uh, where was he right? Where was he wrong yesterday? Well, let's start with where he was right, and that would be Jackson Smith in Jigba. Yeah, I think it's not a good receiver group at all this year coming out, but I think Jackson Smith and Jigba by far was the guy like i think he is the surest thing in this draft i mean you know brian hartline had two guys the previous year garrett wilson chris Olave, a thousand yard rookies and this guy's better than them he's more the alpha he's you know better change of direction he's more physical you know i love what the seahawks did with at the top of that top of that I mean, that is, I, I would co-sign so much of that. And just to peel back a little bit, Bruce is really close to the Ohio State program. Obviously, they've been a blue blood and dominant and everything else. And Brian Hartline, the then receiver coach, he's now been elevated to OC, is, is on the speed dial of Bruce. And that is that is behind the scenes. I mean, that, that that's what he was. Mm-hmm. G. Scott has told us plenty of stories. We've learned from Jackson's dad where it comes from. His brother is a big leaguer with the Pirates on their roster now. The dude is an absolute pro. And I would add further, if he had to go to certain places and play outside, right? If he was drafted number 20 by, right. you know, X team and they need an outside flanker, could he do it? Sure. Sure. Could he still be very productive and, and elite and great? Yep. But you know what? It's even better here because he's the ideal fit for what this team needs. Now, on the flip side, everything right there, 
This is one I had a harder time, even with my Husky purple wow. glasses. Wow, even I with the purple sometimes. glasses? I, yeah. I mean, look, they win the Pac-12 and they can run the table. Why not? I mean, you got it last year. You saw how good that team was. I felt like the UCLA game, they got, you know, there was a couple of turnovers, and they got behind DTR, and they were, you know, you said it was rolling that Friday night. But, you know, like you have, I feel like this is actually a really good year for the Pac-12 on the field. Um, you have a lot of quarterbacks back. You have a lot of firepower. And if somebody can come out of that undefeated, that's a big hit. But even if they don't, even if you're sitting at a 12-1, and one, I think you have you will have a legit argument. And I just don't see 12-1. and one. Really? I oh yeah, if you come out twelve and one out of the Pac twelve this year, sure. yeah, you're you're gonna make the playoff. I don't see a twelve and one. I see Boise State at home, I see at Michigan State, I see at Arizona that has been an absolute nightmare for you, and they are much, much better with Jed Fish. I see Oregon at home, and then I see a three week stretch at USC, Utah at home, and at Oregon State. I I just have a hard time saying twelve and one. What was that? Goldilocks? The Goldilocks, Goldilocks zone? Yeah, the Goldilocks zone was last year. The Goldilocks zone was, hey, man, I've got this 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 young gun, this super talented guy. Mm-hmm. He was a mess at Indiana. We're going to grow this thing together. We're going to develop together. We're going to believe in one another together. I've got some enough talent around it. We have a favorable, looking back, the most favorable possible schedule ever. Didn't play Utah. Didn't play USC last year. Now, guys have gotten paid. Now, guys, some guys have gotten paid a lot. Some guys went back to the trough and said, hey, I need more dough because so-and-so's coming after me and got repaid again. Uh, this is not going to be a Goldilocks year. I'm not saying gloom and doom, but 12 and 1 to me feels like a strong reach. All right, question number two. Who is Devin Witherspoon going to be? What's your comp on Devin Witherspoon? I, I know you got a former Seahawk. I'm curious if it's the guy that I'm thinking of. Earl Thomas. Every time I hear somebody, uh, especially a national voice, talk about Devin Witherspoon, and Bruce did yesterday, and you don't have to play the cut because we're short on time, but he said the same thing we've heard a hundred times, and that is the dude is absolutely violent. He will knock your block off. It is why the Detroit Lions right behind you at six were ticked that the Seahawks took Devin Witherspoon because they would have fit into the bite the kneecaps, rip off the legs, you know, the whole deal. He, he's a real violent dude. And then the question is, yeah, well, he's 5'11", 183. Can you sustain? And what was said about Earl Thomas when he came out? Violent dude. I mean, does not stop. Runs through the of people. And then what was the next follow-up? Yeah, but he's like 5'11", 190. Can he sustain? He's not going to hold up. That body's not going to hold up. And what did he do? He largely held up until he tore his labrum in the, in the NFC Championship game and then kind of went down from there years and years and years and years and years later. So that is the name. Every time I hear <laughs> Devin Witherspoon, it just continually comes to mind about size and just the ferocity with which they play and whether or not it's sustainable. They made it work with Earl. Let's hope they can make it work with Devin. Too. I thought you were going to say Sean Springs. Question number three. So if Aaron Donald wants out, and it sounds like he might, but if Aaron Donald wants out at this stage in his career, would you mortgage the farm to try to get him? Can't do it. Can't do it. No. Two years ago, could do it. Can't do it. Good. I, I'm glad to hear you say that. I was I mean, worried frankly, this was going to be when yes. Frankly, when they mortgaged the farm before, it's not been necessarily beneficial, but now past doesn't mean dictate in any way future present performance all of that i just think at this this stage of aaron donald i uh, i don't i mean it would be <laughs> it would be tantalizing <laughs> it would be very intriguing 
Pete Carroll would flip over the moon. And, and are you kidding me? Give me Aaron Donald. Give me that guy. At this and age? Would they, and would they make him fit in this system? Absolutely. Up and down that line. But to give up what it would take, to pay him what it would take, to cut the people you would have to cut to make that work, I just don't think that'd be a fit in no, I would tend to agree with you on that one. That is everything, or excuse me, that is a Blue 88. And we do that every morning at 745. I mean, we watch the Rams do this. The Rams went all in and won them a Super Bowl. Yep. So there could be an argument on the other side. I could argue with myself, Salk, which I don't normally do. That's normally you're the one that argues with yourself. Right, that says, yeah, yeah, we'll go all in. We'll trade all this draft capital. Doesn't matter anyway. You know, we'll reconfigure the cap. We'll make these moves work. We'll all fit it in. But then ultimately, what happens? Ultimately, that holiday bill comes due. Right. And you're like, oh boy. Yeah. Now what? I mean, literally, that would be why they are trading Aaron Donald. <laughs> I mean, That's like, a, you don't well, have to look any further. Is, is and because, why they cut Bobby right. Wagner and why they made all the moves they made this offseason. You know, they that, that and it was worth it because they won. Up. But you've got to be in a position where you're that one player away from winning. Are they an Aaron Donald away from winning the Super Bowl? Maybe they are. I mean, if you believe that they are, then you should probably find a way to make that happen, right? Eight six six nine seven nine three. No, I mean, do you, are you? In, what you're saying is you don't think they're an Aaron Donald away from winning a Super Bowl. No, I, I, and that's such a shortcut and would so derail so much of what they build in the, the whole, you know, draft and, and trade and develop mm-hmm. and give yourself space and, you know, just continue to compete. But I, I bet there are some in the Seahawk audience that say, are you kidding me? You put Aaron Donald on this D-line? You put Aaron Donald on this roster with what you have offensively? You put Aaron Donald on this team? You, you don't think you can compete right, with I'll the tell you what. Niners? I'll tell you what. Oh, you're going to do it, aren't you? Yeah, let's do it. Quick question, and maybe we'll throw a little poll out there as well, but I'll ask you whether you want to text in or if you want to even call. We'll take a few calls on it. 866-979-3776. Would you go after Aaron Donald? If he you wanted no out. To the, and he has said no to the entire offseason. Right. Rams have let him just be. He has flirted with retirement. What do you think years. you would need to give up to do it, Brock? Give me, give me a number. Oh, multiple first-rounders. Would you really at this stage in his career? I think so. Really? Yeah, let's go, let's just call it two firsts. Two firsts. Yep. Okay. You gave up two firsts for Jamal Adams. I know he was much younger than everything else. <sighs> I don't know, man. Up. That's it's in the division. All right. But just for the sake of the conversation, let's say a first and a second. For the Thanks. sake of this conversation, would you give up a first and a second round pick and pay Aaron Donald right now if you were the Seahawks? 866-979-3776. You can text it if you want to give a call. We'll grab a few phone calls as well. It's next, Brock and Salt, Sales Sports on 710.